It's one thing to know that you have some wicked ways about you. It's another thing to put them off. It's something even greater still to turn from them altogether and turn towards something. Repentance. It's that R word that nobody likes to use anymore, but really it is a condition, a divine condition for revival. We're in our message called Turning From Our Wicked Ways. Today, Pastor Phil Howard reminds us that if we are to see God's presence in our lives, we must repent, turn from our wicked ways, and not just turn from, but as Paul said in Thessalonians, turn to God. And that's the admonishment that we receive today. Join us. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with this edition of Truth For Today. You see, repentance is the flip side of faith. Faith is towards God. Repentance is towards wrongdoing. I changed my mind about the way I was living and going, and I changed my mind about Christ, and I trust Christ. So it's the other side of believe. Believe is to repent. Repent is to embrace Christ. So it was a strong word. Uh, verses like Acts 20, 20 through 21. I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. I taught you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and Greeks of repentance to God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance towards God, faith towards Jesus Christ. Thus, to receive forgiveness and the gift of the Spirit, repent, O Israel, in the city where Christ was crucified. Repent of your attitude and sins towards Christ. Turn to God. Call on his name. Believe, and thou shalt be saved. The water doesn't save. It's just a testimony that you've done the spiritual thing of faith and repentance. Um, I think it's interesting to me that the uh, New Testament, the last book of the New Testament, Christ addresses five different churches of which he says repent. Smyrna, he had no such word. Philadelphia, no such word. But he talked to his churches. This is what he said to Ephesus. Return to where you've fallen. Recapture your first love. Repeat your first works. Repent or be removed. I mean, it, it could not be stronger any place in the Bible that repentance is the steps of restoration that God wants in his people when they've drifted, cooled off, have wrong priorities, whatever's led to this, uh, you've lost your first love. That's a good question. Let me ask you. Do you still have your first love for Christ? Do you love Christ today more than at the beginning or less? He said, connect it with that first love were first deeds. You did certain things when you first knew him. Did you get tired of worship? Did you get tired of being with believers? Did you tire of praising him, thanking him? Whatever, work, work at Ephesus 
and the hate of wrong doctrine had replaced loving devotion for Christ. It's a dangerous thing. It almost looks legitimate. We hate false teachers. Good. So does Christ. He said it. Nicolaitans. You're busy as you can be. Full of church work. Busy, busy, busy. He uses a strong word. You're exhausted doing church work. What's missing is Christ. What's missing is devotion and enraptured relationship with Christ. And so you meet brittle, critical, dried up, cynical Christians that attract nobody. They're a big distraction. They're like dried out prunes in the church that nobody would want a Christ that does no more for them than he could do for anyone else. Witness? You've got to be kidding. They're not witnesses. Pray for the lost? No. They are not even sold on Jesus like they used to be. Jesus knew it. He knows it here. I ask you, do you love Christ as much as you did at the beginning? For you see, the true mark of knowing Christ is loving him and counting him dear and precious. You can move your focus to church, word, preachers, sermons, false teachers, everything. Wait a minute. Christ is the head of his church. He wants your love more than he wants your work. Because if you love him, you'll be willing to work for him. But don't let the work substitute for the love. It's like a husband that all he wants to do is keep the lawns cut and sweep the garage and and, uh, buy food. He said, I love my wife. When's the last time you kissed her? When's the last time you put your arm around her and said, I love you. I appreciate you. You're a gift from God to me. What a difference you've made in my life. Not you're just a work hand. You're just working. No, you'd be doing a lot of that stuff if you were a widower. You still cut your lawn. You still do a lot of stuff. What do you do for her? Does she, does she still ring as the first love of your life? Is she the priority love? But there's a greater love than that. It's the love of Christ to an engaged bride called the church. And he says, repent. Repent or I'll remove you. He either removes entire churches or I've seen him remove individuals either by shelving them or taking them home because they've lost any effectiveness. They can't say they're loving like they used to. He goes on, he talks to Pergamos, and to them, they were holding to false teaching, the teaching of Balaam that said, get God's people to sin so God will judge them. And he says, you're tolerating this false teaching. Repent, take care of it. Thyatira, you tolerate a woman named Jezebel, they calls her in that church. She's seducing my servants. Must have been a very immoral situation. So seduction was going on in the church, immorality. And whoever this character is, he calls her Jezebel. And he said, you've done nothing to get rid of it. You've tolerated it. You've embraced it. 
remover, repent, or be removed. Church talk. Don't tell me which dispensation I'm in. I'm in this dispensation. I'm talking about what Jesus said. Sardis, you've got a reputation that you're alive, just like some of you do, but you're dead. You've got a name that you're a believer. You've got a name that you know God. But in reality, you act like you don't know him. Remember from where you've fallen. Obey me and repent is what he says. Obey and repent. Revelation 3, 1 through 6. Finally, Laodicea, you're so lukewarm, you're making me sick. So what he says about his own church. And he tells him in verse 19, be zealous. That's an interesting word. Be zealous. Be burning. Be wanting me. I think it would be the passion for him. Be zealous for me. And repent, or else I will uh, remove you. It's interesting that in the book of Revelation, in chapter 9 and chapter 16, when God is sending judgment on the earth, he says in chapter 9 and 16, in spite of their tongues uh, being consumed with pain, in spite of the plagues, they refuse to repent of their evil deeds. They, they rather perish than to ever repent. And so they did not. I want to touch just two verses and then close. Two places in the Bible it says you can't repent. He said in the Hebrews 6, 4, it's impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age, if they fall away, to be brought back to repentance. Because to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting Him to public disgrace. Land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and that produces a crop useful to those whom it is farmed receives the blessing of God. But land that, that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Who are these people? Who are these people? They're religious. They've been around so as to have even been touched by the Holy Spirit. They've been tasters of things. They've even tasted of the age to come. Who are they? Surely they're not people, pagans, hanging out in the Colosseum. These are uh, Hebrews that uh, had probably said... We've seen the miracles the apostles have done. Chapter 2, God vindicated their works with many miracles. We've tasted of another world to come in the preaching of this book of Acts crowd, Peter, James, John, and those Jewish evangelists. 
We've been touched by the Spirit. We've witnessed things that speak of another age to come. We've been tantalized. We've been touched. But at some point, they decide to go back. We just, we just don't want it. We want to go back. Christ is not dear enough to hang out with him. And they wind up re-crucifying Christ in shame by saying he's not good enough for us. And they will never be renewed and repentance is impossible. Religious, touched, I don't believe regenerated, but on the edge, under the scope of a new age, under the influence of the spirit and the preaching of the early days, only to say, I want to go away. I've seen enough. I've seen your wares. I don't want it. One of the most scary things is to be religiously involved in church and religious activity and then to fall away. I just read a shocking article on this verse by John Piper. And Piper said to his church, if I should leave my wife, if I should leave my kids, if I should take up with another woman, and if I should repudiate the things that I've preached, just know there is no repentance for me. I will have apostatized and re-crucified Christ, and you'll have to say he was only religious. He never knew God. That's what he said of himself. And uh, it's a terrible thing to not be able to repent. Chapter 12, such a man is described. Verse 14, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without practical holiness, no one will see the Lord. This is not positional holiness. This is holiness that changes the life. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, repentance. King James, he could not find repentance. Though he sought the blessing with tears, here's what he did. He wanted the blessing of the birthright, but he never repented in his mind about his wrong choice. He wanted the favor of his father without saying I was wrong in the choice. I made a terrible choice. I need to change my mind, change my attitude towards my brother Jacob. He never did do that and died without ever finding repentance. 
I want to say to you, when God saves you, he saves you through two things he produces in our heart. He produces the ability to believe and trust in Jesus Christ alone. And he produced a repentance that made us want to turn from everything we trusted in up to that time. Turn from maybe false religion, our evil ways, whatever that, whatever you turn from. And I want to say this to you. It's easy to say, I did that in a point of time. But did you know what the characteristic of a child of God is? Is where he began with Christ in the Christian life. The Christian life is an entire life of repenting and trusting. It's not once and for all over. Repentance is an ongoing thing in those that are growing. I'm being changed. I'm repenting that I had this attitude, that I had this priority, that I had this secret sin. Things that as the Spirit of God works on us, to develop Christ-likeness, he goes deeper and deeper and deeper into our behavior, our attitudes. And so it's a life of repentance. It's a life of trusting. Because wouldn't you rather repent and be renewed and have what only he can give than to hold on to a stiff-necked stubbornness that will not change? So we say, I am the clay You are the potter. And I hear David say, restore, there's our word, restore, return back. Shuv is the Hebrew word. Let me be restored to the joy of my salvation. Let me turn back to it. Listen to what the psalmist says. I have a shepherd who restores me. He turns me. And in that He's retrieving me from a wrong path, and he's restoring me. I'm being retrieved, and I'm being renewed. The great pastor of the church, Jesus, is pulling us from one cliff after another, one wrong turn after the other, and all he wants you to do is hear his voice and know that his kindness is leading to repentance. Romans 2, 4. God's kindness is the primary agent. You see, his wrath made the unbelievers not repent in Revelation 9 and 16. But his kindness and grace is the great thing that moves our hearts to know, as Hezekiah prayed, return Israel, for your God is gracious and compassionate. The way back when you've strayed, humble yourself. Admit you could be wrong. Pray. Seek his face. Turn. Turn. Oh, turn. From your wicked way. I know of a man that used to attend this church. He left this church. Went into 20 years of sin. He calls me once in a while and I talk to him. And all the weeping, all the pain of the wasted years, 20 years mad at God, did nothing worthy of God, should have gone to hell a hundred times over. 
but God's kindness brought him back time and time again. If God was not wanting you, he would have gave up a long time ago. I want to tell you, no one has ever repented but what God did restore them, revive them, and renew them. Turn from your wicked ways. Seek his face, and he will revive us even as a church. Those letters of Revelation 2 and 3 make me tremble as a pastor. I don't think I know God any better than the pastors of those seven churches. And I don't think this congregation is any better. We can slip as easy as first century Christians. We can slip into the same attitudes. May God keep us. May God keep us. May we seek his face. May we never turn away. That's my prayer for all of us. Our Father, we thank you for your word. It convicts me. It convicts our heart. It challenges me. It humbles me. How we want to be like Jesus. How we know that we must cooperate with your grace. Cooperate with Jesus, the shepherd, who seeks to turn us, turn us from wrong choices, wrong attitudes. Please, please protect us from ourselves. Let us not act as gods and act as authorities. May, may Christ alone, Father, have his way in his own church. May we be given the grace to turn to you. Give us grace, repentance grace that you did in our salvation, the grace to believe you, the kindness to want you. Oh, precious Father, we don't ever earn your favor. You have just said, you can get my attention if you'll do these things as I stir your heart. Get low, pray, seek my face, want me, turn from that which is alluring you away. Please, Lord, do that work in the heart of every one of us. Let none of us ever be like an Esau or ever turn away from what religious itch or uh, exposure to finally say Christ isn't worth following and then to find no possibility of repentance. Please, please, regenerate, keep, and let us never be found in the category of those rejected by God. In Jesus' name, amen. And you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we close out our broadcast today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the program encourages you in Christ and how this program is being used by you on a daily basis. Are we just a normal part of your radio listening? Do you tap into our resources available at our website? Have you visited our church? These are things we would love to hear from you. Take a moment, call or write to us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. 
You're also welcome to visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Take advantage of the resource materials I mentioned a moment ago. We have several. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also find information about Valley Bible Church right there as well, who we are, what we believe, worship times, services, and directions to the church. We'd love to have you join us, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Again, that's truthfortodayradio.org. If you're writing to us, our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And then as we conclude our time together today, we would also invite you to partner with us. This radio broadcast and the many resources that accompany it are available as you partner with us, as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large, and you can do a one-time gift or make monthly pledges. No matter, we'd love to have you be a partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the Bay Area and beyond. So contact us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today. Today.